damn Bulls Nation, that was ugly. I, I can't even sugarcoat it. I can't even lie. That was a tough watch. Um, pretty embarrassing. You know, that's, that's the only way to really describe this thing is pretty embarrassing. Sometimes in losses, there's some positive things you can take away. I don't really see any positive things we can take away from. I see one positive thing. So I guess we'll kick the podcast off talking about that. The one positive thing I took from this game is Zach Levine. Zach Levine looked like Zach Levine. You know, I was curious coming into the game how he was going to look, you know, whether he was still going to have that burst, how much of a hindrance the knee stuff was going to be. And physically, he looked like Zach Levine, man. He was he was getting to his spots. He was getting around defenders. He was finishing at the rim. We didn't see any above-the-rim theatrics, no big dunks, but that's going to come. The opportunity just didn't present itself tonight. But I thought Zach looked good. On defense, you know, he was definitely out of place. A bunch of times that's gonna, that one, that just comes with Zach Levine. If you've been following Zach Levine for his career, that's his biggest area he struggles with is the defensive end and just being in the right positions. But two, that's just gonna come with the more that he plays. He gets his timing underneath him, gets the rhythm of the game back underneath him. So that stuff's gonna come. That stuff's gonna improve, but he looked pretty good. You know, he was 23, three and four. He added two steals. Uh, he shot nine of 17 pretty good. He only went two of six from three. You know, you'd like to see that number up just a little bit more. Got to the free throw line four times. You know, he kind of kind of looked like he was doing his thing out there. Looked comfortable. I didn't notice too much rust off of him. I was I was really paying attention to how he moved. That's what I was trying to focus in on is just how is he moving? How is he looking? And I thought he looked good. I thought physically he looked good. I didn't really see any signs of, you know, any lingering knee injury or anything like that. So that's the good is that Zach is back. You know, we still don't know exactly what his playing schedule is going to be. If he's going to be sitting out the first of the back-to-backs or the second of the back-to-backs, if there's going to be any kind of minute restriction on him, I would guess there's not going to be a minute restriction on him. I think they've come out and said that. And then you kind of saw that play out tonight. He only finished with 28 minutes tonight, but the game was a blowout. We lost by 20 what, 28 points, 38 points, it was, uh, or 32 points, it was a bad game all around, so he only played 28 minutes, but I think if it would have been a close game, you would have seen him up closer to 35, 36 minutes, so it's good to have Zach back, it was good to see him back out there making shots, blowing past defenders, always good to see Zach Levine in the Bulls uniform, that kind of leads into the first negative that we got about this game, and that's going to be DeMar DeRozan, man, uh, he looked bad today. I don't even know if you could say he looked bad. He looked passive. I've never seen in a Bulls uniform, I've never seen DeMar DeRozan look passive like that. 13 points is is really low for him. The uh, The alarming thing to me is nine shot attempts, especially in a game where we just got our asses whooped. Because, you know, a lot of times the Bulls are getting their asses whooped and DeMar DeRozan will come in and he'll be like, all right, whatever, I'm going to throw my cape on. I'm a Superman this shit jump on my back, let's go, and he'll lead them back in. You didn't see that at any point in this game. And I don't think it was a fatigue thing. You know, you could look at the load he had to carry in Miami the other night. You can look at the load he had to carry in Washington last night, and you could say, oh, he was probably tired tonight. You know, his legs probably couldn't get him under him. I didn't see that watching him. What I saw was a guy who was deferring. I saw a guy who was trying to let Zach Levine do his thing, trying to let Zach Levine get in a rhythm. Letting Zach Levine be the man. And, you know, if that turns out to be 
kind of a sacrificial play that he made for this game and he's going to make for the next couple games to let Zach Levine get back to being Zach Levine as quick as possible, then I'm all for it. If we're losing a couple games in October, but, you know, come March, April, May, those two are playing the best, uh, their best ball together, you know, getting off at the same times, then that's exactly what we need. It's easy to panic over these early season games because we've all been starving from Bulls basketball. It's really easy to panic. We're all hungry for it. We all want to see this team succeed, but just take a breath. You kind of realize there's a bigger picture here. It doesn't really matter if we're dropping games right now. It matters how we're going to look in March, April, and May. So I think DeMar tonight was kind of just letting Zach Levine do his thing, letting Zach Levine feel like the alpha, letting Zach Levine kind of get off and get his shots, and DeMar DeRozan just kind of stood back. And uh we're going to need a little more aggressiveness out of him. Obviously, Boston is coming on Monday. They pack a killer one-two punch with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. We're going to need DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine to keep up with those two. So that's going to be interesting to watch going forward is can we both get Zach Levine going and get Zach Levine comfortable while still keeping the ball rolling with DeMar DeRozan? Because those, can those two figure out how to kind of stagger their possessions, how to kind of stagger when one takes over and when the other one is doing the off-the-ball stuff? That's going to be a big thing to look for going forward in this Bulls season. So, yeah, DeMar DeRozan, very passive game out of him. I'm going to give him a pass. You know, he's, he's Compton Superman. Even Superman takes a day off every once in a while. So he gets a pass from me. Um, the other thing I found really interesting about this game was just the power forward rotation. So we started out Pat Williams again, and what do you know? Billy had a quick leash for that man. Pat only got 15 minutes tonight, and you saw various different points that Billy was more than comfortable pulling the plug when he didn't feel like the energy was there out of uh, Patrick Williams. So, you know, that that was surprising to see the quick leash on Pat. To me, what was more surprising is that we saw the quick leash out of Pat, and then we saw a pretty quick leash with Javante, too. And I thought Javante brought a lot of energy. I mean, he always does, and he packed the stat sheet. He had six points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks. Like, he was... Doing Javante Green things, he was kind of flying around all over there. But he only got 13 minutes tonight. We saw a lot of Derrick Jones Jr., and that shocked me. I did not think we were going to see this much Derrick Jones Jr. Out of the three guys who primarily played the four, Pat, uh, Javante, and DJJ, DJJ got the most minutes, man. He played 17 minutes. He gave us eight points, two rebounds, a couple steals, you know. He was flying around out there. He was kind of doing his thing, but I was surprised to see him get that many minutes. And I'm looking at Billy Donovan with that because it's like, yeah, on one hand, we know what we have with Derrick Jones Jr. In a game like this where we're getting our asses whooped, why would you not throw Daylon Terry out there? I know he doesn't doesn't play the four. That's not his primary position. But the kid is six foot seven. You know, DJJ is six five. Daylon Terry is six seven. He's very athletic tenacious defender brings energy I don't know why he wasn't out there tonight I mean he got in at the end kind of what they do with any uh blowout towards the end they just throw the guys out there I mean he was running around with Tony Bradley out there that tells you all you need to know about those closing minutes but I don't get why in a game like this if you're gonna throw Derrick Jones Jr. out there throw Daylon Terry out there let's see what the rookie can do we know what Derrick Jones Jr. can do 
and it's all right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on DJJ by any means. There were a lot of stretches last year where he came up very big for us, but DJJ isn't going to win us a game. You know, he's not going to turn a game around. Where a guy like Daylon Terry, the potential he flashed in the preseason, he has potential to add a new dynamic to this team. And uh, we just didn't get to see that tonight. So I'm looking at Billy and I'm wondering, you know, when are we going to see the kid? And I don't mean at the end of blowouts. I mean meaningful minutes with real, uh, real guys in the rotation. When are we going to see Daylon Terry? And if guys keep playing like they did tonight, that time might come sooner rather than later. So, I mean, you look at the rest of it, and it was another letdown of an Ayo Desumu game. And uh, it's rough, man. It's rough. Everybody loves Ayo. You know, he's the Chicago kid. He's the second-round pick. Everybody's counted him out everywhere he's been. And he's always risen up, proving people wrong. But it's a rough start, a rough start for your boy out here in this regular season. He had a good game against Miami. After the Miami game, people were like, oh, yeah, we might not need Lonzo. Ooh, pumpy breaks on that. We definitely need Lonzo. Io had a struggle game yesterday, and today, another struggle game. You know, he only, he only went for five points, four rebounds, three assists. His shooting has been, it's fallen off a cliff. It looked really good in the preseason. The shots ain't dropping now. They're not dropping right now. He shot two of seven today, one of four from three. The shots just aren't dropping for Io DeSumo right now. And you saw that last night, too. He shot below 40% last night as well. And we're going to need those shots to start dropping because when he's making shots, adds a new dynamic to this team. When he's not making shots, we become way too reliant on DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine. We become way too reliant on that iso ball. So Io DeSumo, man, it's... I mean, I'm not giving up on the kid by any means. I'm just saying it's been two rough games in a row. And Boston coming up, you know, he's got to go up against Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon. That's going to be a rough game for him, too. So I think we're going to be in for a little bit of a rough Io DeSumo stretch coming up here. Um, and then we got Vucevic, man. And it, was, it wasn't it was a bad Vooch game, but it wasn't a great Vooch game. At least he stopped taking so many threes. You know, after yesterday, when he went 2-7, I called on Billy to, to tell Vooch, you get four threes, bro. That's all you get in the game. I don't care if you use them in the first quarter. I don't care if you spread them out. You are capped at four threes. And tonight, he only shot three. He went two or three tonight. And you see, when he goes inside out, his shot selection becomes way more way more efficient. Percentages go up across the board. Um, he was getting beat on the defensive end, though. He's getting beat like a drum on the defensive end. Jared Allen, man. Jared Allen was flying around. I felt like that team was getting offensive rebounds damn near every possession. The guards were going by him on the pick and rolls. It was not a good booch game. On the defensive end. The uh, the runaway, though, the runaway award winner for worst player of the game goes to Kobe White, man. Kobe White was a train wreck today. And that makes the Daylon Terry thing even worse because Kobe White got 24 minutes tonight. He should have played about 10 with the way he was playing tonight, man. I would have liked to see Daylon taking in a good chunk of those minutes because Kobe White did not look good tonight. So he played 24 minutes and he finished with the worst plus minus on the squad. His plus minus was minus 30. 24 minutes minus 30. Those are train wreck levels, especially on a guard heavy team that has Io, Dragic, Caruso, Daylon Terry. Like, I don't know why Kobe White was allowed to still be out there 
doing what he's doing for that extent of minutes because he did not look good at all. My man was just straight up chucking out there. We're talking 0 of 5 from 3. Most of them were pretty open. 2 of 8 from the field. It was a bad Kobe White game. And, I mean, the writing's on the wall for Kobe White. We all kind of know he's not going to be a bull next year, whether that's through a trade come deadline, a sign and trade in the offseason, or him just straight up leaving in the offseason because he is going to be a restricted free agent. The writing's on the wall, man. I don't think Kobe White's going to be back here much longer. Maybe they're giving him these minutes, hoping he could showcase something and build up a little bit of trade value, but he was by far the worst player of the uh, of the game. And the bench overall, the bench was such a disappointment to me tonight. So the game got off to a hot start for the Bulls, right? They started out on that 10-2 run. Everything was looking good. I believe when they subbed, so they did the rare thing where usually they don't take all three of the big guys out. Usually, DeMar, Zach, or Booch will be in the game at all times. One of the three will be in the game. So this game, they decided to change it up, took all three of them out at the same time, and instant train wreck. I believe the score was something like 24-22 Cavs when they all went out. Then the Cavs all scored them like 27-11 to the rest of the way while the bench was in, and you can't have that, man. The bench unit, you know, we were all raving about the bench unit after the first two games. Dragic, Drummond, like, they were looking good. They didn't look so good today. Drummond made a bunch of stupid, stupid mistakes. You know, he had a lot of turnovers, a lot of offensive fouls. Um, it was a rough game for Andre Drummond. And then defensively, he seemed to be getting beat to the spots every time, too. And Dragic, it was the first time since the preseason. If you guys remember our first preseason game, people were panicking about Dragic because he looked his age. Uh, tonight, tonight, homeboy looked his age again. And Alex Caruso, you know, another game kind of like yesterday where he was getting cooked a little bit, guys. Alex Caruso was getting cooked a little bit out there. I can't. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to blame him necessarily because yesterday it was Bradley Beal who was cooking him. Tonight it was Donovan Mitchell who was cooking him. And can we take a second and just talk about Donovan Mitchell, man? Because the national narrative of that dude coming off of the playoffs last year was insane. The way people were talking about him when they were saying the Cavs gave up too much, when people were like Stephen A. Smith were going on and saying the Knicks can't trade multiple first-round picks with Donovan Mitchell. Like, are you guys crazy? This dude is really fucking good. And he's proven it in the playoffs. You know, he's had 50-point games in the playoffs. The list of players that drop 50 in the playoffs is very short. He has done it multiple times. Now, Donovan Mitchell is a dude. Donovan Mitchell is a grade-A player. When we talk top shooting guards in the league, top two guards, we always talk, you know, Devin Booker, um... James Harden, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, those names get thrown around. It's very rare that Donovan Mitchell's name gets thrown around. And I don't know why, man, because I would take Donovan Mitchell over almost all those guys. Like, he has been there. He has done that. He's put up numbers uh, every year of his career. And he looked like the Donovan Mitchell that we were used to seeing in this game. You know, he had 32 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. He was kind of doing a little bit of everything. Played point guard today because Darius Garland was out. And, uh, yeah, he looked good. So all the people who said the Cavs overpaid for him in the offseason, you know, you guys kind of look stupid right now. Donovan Mitchell is a legit all-star, legit superstar, a legit guy you can put on your team and uh, build around. So just quick side note there on the uh, Alex Caruso talk. But Alex Caruso, man, he's been uh, 
He's been kind of getting burned the last couple of games. Really tough defensive assignments. You are still seeing the passing lanes. You're seeing kind of the free safety roll out of him. You're seeing him making plays. What we're not seeing out of Alex Caruso is the shooting. And it's something you notice going back to last year. You know, he took that hard foul from Grayson Allen, and his shooting was never really the same after that. And this year, it's looking like it's still not the same. You know, that three he had was wide open. You've got to make that. No excuses on that. You have to make that shot. And it just wasn't dropping for him tonight. And it hasn't been dropping for him all season. And uh we we need shooting. I mean, in this league, if you're going to be a guard, if you're going to play the point guard or the two-guard position, you need to be able to knock down shots. This game was a perfect example of what they say. They always say this is a make or miss league. And that's exactly what this game was. The Cavs were making shots. The, the Chicago Bulls, man, we were not making shit. The Cavs, they had shooters across the board. I mean, look at some of these stats from three. Karis LeVert went three of six from three. Donovan Mitchell, four of six. Chetty Osman, two of three. Kevin Love, five of six. Kevin Love fucking killed us. Kevin Love, man, like I've said, I've, I'm from Minneapolis. Always been a Bulls fan, but obviously I catch a lot of Timberwolf stuff here. Kevin Love tonight, man, I was like, damn, am I watching Minnesota Kevin Love again? Because he came off the bench, and he dropped 15 points, 12 rebounds, only played 22 minutes, and uh just killed the Bulls, killed the Bulls. So you take those three-point numbers, and you compare it to what the Bulls were doing, Patrick Williams, one of three. Vucevic, two of three. That's a bright spot. Uh Levine, two of six. You got Io DeSumo, one for four. J- uh, Javante Green. 0 for 2. Kobe White, 0 for 5. Andre Drummond, we hyped up him making threes now. 0 of 1. He hasn't made one in the regular season yet. Alex Caruso, 0 for 1. Goran Dragic, 0 for 1. Not a good shooting game from 3 for the Bulls. And in a game like this, you know, when the opposition's making those threes, we need guys like Caruso, uh, Dragic, Javante, Kobe. We need you guys to be making threes. We're going to keep up with this team. It's a make-or-miss league. And that's what that means. If you if one team is making threes, the other team is missing threes. It ain't rocket science, guys. The team that's making them is winning the game ten times out of ten. So, like I said, not a lot to take coming off of this game. You know, it was a rough one for the Bulls. Back night of a back-to-back first game, trying to work Levine back into the rotation. Uh, just not a lot to take from the game. Very disappointing, you know. You saw my prediction. I thought the Bulls were going to win. Thought that it would be a high-scoring game. The uh, Cavs held up their end of the bargain with a high-scoring game. The Bulls, however, did not. So going forward, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, especially we got to look at Patrick Williams. We're still waiting for Patrick Williams to pop. Um, You know, I saw saw on Twitter, I don't know her real name, just her handle's Melchin Jordan. And uh, one of my favorite tr- Twitter follows, she's uh, she's very knowledgeable as a Bulls fan, but she was just saying, like, why are people giving up on Patrick so early? And it's like, yeah, I get it. He's young. We can't give up on him yet. But at the same time, how much time are we going to give this dude, man? How much time are we going to give this dude before we admit this ain't it? Because the clock's ticking, you know. This isn't a young team. DeMar DeRozan's in his 30s. Zach Levine is approaching 30s, only a couple years away. Vucevic in his 30s. This is not a young team. This is not a rising team. This is a team that's built to win now, and we need Patrick Williams to step up if we're going to win now. So I think 
you know, seeing the quick leash on Patrick Williams tonight and seeing uh, Derek Jones Jr. getting those minutes tonight, you're seeing that Billy Donovan realizes they got to do something at that four. And he's kind of grasping at straws at this point. So it's going to be interesting to see. I remember last year we had a lot of success playing small ball lineups with DeMar at the four. I think we haven't seen that yet this year. I think we might start seeing that a little bit going forward here. So Monday night, we have the Boston Celtics. That's going to be a hell of a challenge. Obviously, they're the defending Eastern Conference champions. Most people think they got stronger over the offseason. And uh, it's going to be a battle, man. It's going to be DeMar and Zach versus Jalen and Jason. It's going to be a true battle. Uh, obviously, the Bears play that night, too. I think this this got to be one of the few times in Chicago sports history where not only both the Bears and the Bulls are playing on the same night, but we're both playing Boston-based teams on the same night. The Bears got the Patriots. Bulls got the Celtics. Makes for an interesting dynamic. I don't know about y'all, but I will be watching the uh, the Bulls. Probably won't watch a second of that Bears game. They're just not fun to watch this year, guys. That's just how it is. And uh, I have a Bulls podcast. I don't have a Bears podcast. So I'll be watching the Bulls game that night. I'll be giving you guys my prediction. Uh, before that game, I'll be coming with the post-game pod after that game. Make sure you uh, don't just listen to the podcast. You know, share it with your fellow Bulls friends. Like it. Subscribe to it. Rate it. You know, every listen helps. I'm just trying to grow and connect with as much of the Bulls community as I can. So make sure you're following on social media, too. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. All of it is Bloody Horns Podcast. But it was a rough night for us Bulls fans, guys. Rough night in Bulls Nation here. You know. This is going to happen every once in a while. It's an 82-game season. This ain't football. This ain't 16 games. This is 82 games. You know, nights like this are going to happen where it just seems like there's a lid on the basket and we can't get shots to drop. And then on the other side, it's like the basket, you know, increased by three feet for them because everything was dropping. So rough night out there. One of those games is really hard to take anything away. You know, the biggest takeaways for me are we just got to get better at shot making. And we got we to gotta lock that paint down, man. That was one thing, you know, before the game, I said I was hoping I'd see a lot of Patrick Williams on Donovan Mitchell. And we didn't see none of that tonight. Besides a few pick and roll switches, we really didn't see it, which is surprising because the big thing on Patrick Williams coming out of school is he was supposed to be a next level defender, a special defender. You know, he's six, seven. He's got, doesn't he have like a seven foot wingspan? It's something crazy. Elite level lateral quickness, but it hasn't played out yet. We haven't seen him truly guard multiple positions he's done great on wings I want to see if we can get him on some of these guards like Donovan Mitchell when they're just carving him up and if he can use his length and his quickness to slow them down so maybe we're going to see that on Monday I would assume he's going to be the main matchup for Jason Tatum a bigger wing you know Tatum runs about 6'8 6'9 so that's probably going to be Pat's major assignment this game but going forward you know in the future when we play some of these quicker two guards who who can get to the basket and stretch the floor. I'd really like to see Patrick Williams kind of try his hand at defending him. Because tonight, you know, we were throwing Io, Javante Green, Io DeSumo. You know, we were trying to throw anything at Donovan Mitchell, and it just didn't work. That dude cooked us all night long. So going forward, you know, we just got to see what we're going to do with those guards, if we're going to switch Patrick Williams onto him, or if we're just going to just keep trying to throw bodies at him until we get Lonzo back. Because obviously when Lonzo comes back, He's going to be guarding every team's best perimeter scorer. So 
We got that game coming on Monday, guys. I will be back with the post-game podcast then. Take it easy. Try not to dwell too much on this blowout loss loss tonight. Bulls are going to bounce back strong Monday against the Celtics.